So I'm here with Robbie Stevens. She's a Master of Public Health at Melbourne University. And Robbie, you've been working with us as an intern. I'm doing my Master of Public Health and as part of that, some students get to do a placement. I got a list of placements and um, this one was proposed to meet Hepatitis Victoria, the project that I'm working on specifically. Um, And I thought it sounded really exciting, a fantastic piece of work that had the potential to have a really positive impact on the community and um, working towards eliminating a significant public health issue Tell us about the project you're working on. It was originally called the Chinese Community Coalition Project and what that means is that we are trying to build a Chinese community coalition, so a coalition of Chinese individuals, organisations, groups based in Victoria who believe in the public health issue. And the public health issue is the significant disparity between Chinese Victorians and the, the rest of the community in terms of the burden that hepatitis B places on that community. Why is this so important for the Chinese community? What's the burden that they have that others don't? The majority of people living with chronic hepatitis B are actually born overseas. 41% of people living with chronic hepatitis B are actually born in the Asia-Pacific region, and China exhibits the, the highest disease burden of that portion, so at 17%. And the majority of the some 240 million odd people, I think it's about a third of people living in the world with chronic hepatitis B at the moment, actually live in China. So due to that background of of that sort of extreme health burden, Chinese people that have immigrated over to Victoria brought with them this burden of hepatitis B due to the sort of history and the 80s or 90s of stigma and discrimination by the Chinese government. People living with chronic hepatitis B here in Victoria still carry that stigma and discrimination that prohibits them often from accessing services, from knowing their hepatitis B status, from knowing that there's a vaccine available, as well as carrying some pretty common misconceptions that aren't just prevalent in the Chinese Victorian community, but the Victorian community in general, with regards to methods of transmission, prevention, management. project aims to empower the Chinese community to address this prevalent health issue themselves, rather than having an external organisation come in and try and address the issue for them. Out of the 500,000 people of Chinese descent in Victoria, that's something like 50,000. It's estimated somewhere between 40 and 50,000 people. That's a hell of a lot, a huge percentage. Yeah, yeah, really significant. So the Chinese Community Coalition, so why are you using this type of approach? So the Community Coalition literature is actually quite a new field itself. The main framework, it was first drawn up in about 2002, and since then it's, it's really blossomed not only for health issues but for a variety of culturally and linguistically diverse communities not only in Australia but around the world and there's one specific model called the San Francisco Hep B Free Alliance and this grassroots community coalition in San Francisco was implemented to great effect. It's been picked up here. Was this model something that you found yourself or was it something that was presented to you as a project from Hepatitis Victoria? At the start it was presented to me by Hepatitis Victoria so I got given the the framework and I got given um, the San Francisco Hep B Free model and from there what I did was I looked at the consistencies between the two um, and did a, a literature review and surveyed all of the other relevant theories that were sort of in line with the community coalition theory and then looked for common success factors um, across a variety of studies. So tell us, what has the coalition achieved so far? So far it's been phase one, so it's been the the formative stages of the coalition. Community coalition action theory separates building a a coalition into three phases. So you've got formation, you've got institutionalisation, and then you've, you've got maintenance. So the first six months of the project have been bringing together core stakeholders and getting a commitment from them that they believe in the health issue and they believe that the community has the capacity to address the health issue. We've brought together at this stage nine organisations and 
individuals who will form this core group and set the strategic direction of the coalition. We launched the coalition at Melbourne City Town Hall. There was about 60-odd people there in attendance who listened to people from the Australian Chinese Medical Association of Victoria. Um, We had Councillor Philip Lee Liu come in. We had Marion Lau, who would be the chairperson of the coalition, all get together and give a talk on how they believed the coalition could implement a range of educational initiatives and activities to address the health burden. We've sort of spent the first six months putting together the infrastructure that the coalition needs to be effective, and that includes formalised rules and procedures, um, the establishment of a steering committee, putting together position descriptions, terms of reference, all the things that across the literature have been found to be integral to, to the success of a coalition at this stage. And what are the key things that you've learned yourself from this project? The really interesting part for me has been watching community mobilisation in action and seeing how Hepatitis Victoria, through its its role as the lead agency in the coalition, foster relationships in the community. And that's I've really seen that through Aurora. She has so many wonderful cultivated relationships with members of the Chinese community and she's managed to have this call to action and, and really impress upon all these different organisations the importance of addressing this health issue. And I think empowering the community has been a really wonderful thing to witness and seeing all these different medical and non-medical associations like we've got a commitment from OSTAR Media Group we've got so many wonderful different and diverse organisations that on their own would not feel like they had the capacity to address this issue in their community but when they're surrounded by other empowered community members and organisations they can all come together and actually grasp this issue and say we as the Chinese Victorian community can mobilise ourselves to implement these activities and and initiatives and awareness campaigns that could actually see us tackle hepatitis B head on. Because you're not of Chinese descent and you don't speak Chinese, was that a particular challenge and how did you overcome that? Well, the most interesting thing about that is that when I did my project planning at the start, that was my most significant concern. Luckily for me, I had Aurora, who was my supervisor, who speaks Mandarin and she was able to give me a crash course on, on all of the, the issues that I wasn't aware of or things that I had questions about. And I also worked alongside a Master of Social Work intern whose name was Wen Wen, who also grew up in China and is now studying her master's at the University of Melbourne as well. And working alongside them, we not only produced all of our material in both English or simplified or traditional Chinese and Mandarin, but they were also able to translate for me when we were at any important meetings and translate any documents for me so we actually mitigated that issue really easily by just working together. And what were the challenges that you found? I mean I had to learn quite quickly about hepatitis, I had to become the sort of resident expert about community coalitions after you know having, having never really heard anything about them before and you know that, that always comes with its challenges because people want to know so much about these things that you yourself are only familiarizing yourself with but regularly updating the literature and sort of staying in touch with with the issues as much as possible helped me my only real challenges existed around my placement challenges so I found it difficult only being here once a week and trying to not only stay in touch with the organization but staying in touch with the activities of the project that were happening five days a week when I was only here one day a week so but they they were again more of the the placement difficulties rather than the the project itself. What about the idea of actually coming from study and then doing something in real world how is that actually? It's been marvelous so so marvelous I mean I've been studying for seven years now and this placement was the first practical thing that I've done and you know having to land on your feet and and learn on the go has been 
really, really wonderful. I think I've probably learnt a great deal more in the last six months than I have in the last couple of years of sitting in a lecture theatre. So I think it's extremely beneficial to have this experience um, in the workforce and sort of get your, your taste of your first sort of professional engagement and career development as well. Yeah, feel very fortunate to have had this experience to be, you know, studying part-time, working part-time to, to put together that full-time load of, of university. What would you say to other Melbourne University or other university students who want to do an internship with us? Oh, I think they absolutely should. I mean, I've had such a wonderful time. I've met so many great people, but I've also managed to acquire so many new skills um, and I've just learned a great deal. And I also feel like personally I've produced a really meaningful body of work but I also feel for the community and the health issue that this is a fantastic project going forward and it's going to have a huge impact and it's it's really wonderful after six months of being here to look back and feel like you've already before you've even entered the workforce made some kind of meaningful contribution to to public health work and that I've been able to give my time and and energy to an organization that's doing really valuable and meaningful work in the community as well. Really briefly so what are the next steps for the coalition? So the next six months are really important for the coalition. We're going to be um, looking at developing an action plan. So we want to plan out the first six months of activities, look at what resources, both human and material, that each organisation or individual can contribute towards the coalition and also look at recruiting and funding. So we want to make sure that we extend the coalition beyond the nine core group members um, and that means bringing in a diverse range of stakeholders from both Chinese and non-Chinese backgrounds as well as medical and non-medical just to make sure that our outreach in the community is as broad and and wide as possible because we want to be as far-reaching as possible. And we also want to make sure that we have a strong funding base behind us so that means that the coalition is sustainable beyond the initial tenure that we received our funding for. Um, So that means that each of the core group members will be looking out to their sort of areas, local government areas, wherever they're zoned into and looking for funding opportunities so that they can carry out their educational and awareness activities um, to the best of their ability. So the action plan is going to be really important moving forwards. So any other things you'd like to say about the project? I mean, if I could tell, um, you know, as many people in the community to get involved um, as I can, I definitely would. I think it's fantastic. And I know that I finish my placement next week, but I'll be dedicating as much time as I can to sort of uh, keep building the infrastructure of the coalition as best as possible. But if we look at hepatitis B and it, hepatitis C as well, I mean, we're on track um, to sort of eradicate both if we have a really structured and targeted um, evidence-based approach to both. And I think um, that also starts with mobilising the community and and making people aware of both of the diseases and ensuring that they're aware of their status, being tested, increasing immunisation rates and all of that. So it would just be a sort of call to action for everyone in the community and and to to believe in this um, approach that Hepatitis Victoria has proposed. That was Robbie Stevens. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me, guys. So if you'd like to learn some more about what we're doing at Hepatitis Victoria or even apply for an internship, just go to our website. That's hepvic.org.au. Thank you very much.